Hello and welcome back to Real Talk with Mama Khwaja, the podcast. You're listening to episode number 12 and I'm your host Zara Khwaja, a banker by day and blogger by night. My guests today are Abiha and Hasan. Abiha and Hasan are working parents of four beautiful kids. Ayla, Ishan, Myra, and their baby in heaven Jenna. On August 18, 2020, they had their fourth child. Jenna Kulsum Zedi whose time on earth was momentary as any parents that has experienced such a loss the days weeks and months that follow can feel very isolating and chaotic they believe in the power of faith above all and feel that the love Allah bestows upon them has given them the strength to guide them through their grief journey Assalamualaikum Abiha Hasan how are you Waalaikum salam good yourself good thank you good thank you how how's everything going how are the kids kids are doing well um they're busy it's uh, of course uh, um well they're busy with their school their activities and everything but they're doing well yeah good. and how are you guys doing good pretty good yeah yeah um i guess when you get busy with activities It's just the mundane day to day I guess so get used to it yeah mm-hmm. but yeah and and you know time it takes time but I guess yeah you know, it's, I it's time heals all wounds but this was it's, obviously something it's almost uh, four months so I mean it yes time seems like uh, it's healing but I don't think it heals <laughs> It, you you learn how to how to cope with it yes you learn how to cope you learn how to cope yeah mm-hmm. so i mean so I, i don't know how to start i don't know what questions to ask because i can't even imagine it's it's um it's an experience i guess you never nobody wants to ever experience but but you have and you're brave enough both of you that you want to come here and share so you can help other people which is so important right it, it certainly is and uh, and i think uh, that's the main purpose of this too right um what when i went through this i i encountered so many people that had gone through this and didn't even i didn't even know they that that they that happened to them and they were they were it's a taboo subject right uh, um in in any culture it's a taboo subject to be honest and they don't really talk about it or about their feelings and it's such a huge huge life altering experience that uh, that needs to be discussed yeah yeah it's so, definitely an isolating experience right you feel isolated um but the more you start talking to people the more others have gone through it it's just not something that's shared so yeah but, it's not I guess um you know like the culture says oh don't talk about it because the more you bring it up the more it's going to hurt them and and rightfully so some some people do want to kind of block it so everybody processes grief differently, differently. yeah and um and it's hard uh, you know it's 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 a loss is a loss is a loss right and um, and it's hard and everybody grieves differently and their coping mechanisms are different um yeah. but a lot of people have that good support system And right that's what matters so like the support system where you know they can gauge not to say they can gauge a hug like they can they can feel it okay a hug is needed or a touch is needed or a coffee like a cup of coffee is needed mm-hmm. and that kind of support system is huge and and so uh, like i don't mean to rehash everything but walk me through it what happened so um while well, we it was august 18th um morning we had an ultrasound appointment i was being monitored um on a regular basis because generally um i i generally have high risk pregnancies um and um i was 32 weeks and um that morning um when i went to the ultrasound husband was with me it was um special permission because again there's covid times right mm-hmm. so special permission given to him to uh, come along and um, we had to have a, have an have a c section that day and it just 
unfortunately, she didn't survive. So we had a baby girl named Jenna, Jenna Kosunzedi. She was gorgeous. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so after that, uh, we were sent to the bereavement room. Um, and do you want to take over? And yeah, sure. So um, a lot of this was, uh, it mirrored a lot like our third daughter, Myra. So uh, Myra was born at 32 weeks uh, to the day, um, ICU for two months. Um, almost mirrored exactly the same thing. The only difference was uh, Jenna didn't survive and Myra did. So the difference with Myra was um, she took her first breath, then didn't breathe. They had to resuscitate her. And it worked with her, with, with Jenna, it just didn't. So, um, yeah, is what it is. Uh, Abia has had like, um, like a lot of high-risk pregnancies, I'd say. Um, but the difference was this time, I think because we were working from home, like this is probably the smoothest pregnancy it was. yet, right? It, everything was on point. I, I, I know her gynecologist would send her to these appointments just because she's had high-risk pregnancies before but there was nothing abnormal right it was like just too was good like, to be true let's just say that <laughs> and uh, until um the end um i was going through um uh, early signs of labor and therefore they had to do a c-section and um so i i was quite surprised actually i didn't expect the the process would go in that way like when you lose somebody you you don't know what to expect right and uh, at the hospital i mean the system is great i uh, they they let me spend time with her and uh, i had her for 21 hours actually <laughs> wow until we had to take her um for her burial and uh it it was interesting that uh I get to spend time with her. I get to, um, I guess, make those memories with her there. So yeah, it was very important for me. I, I, I mean, I've been following your your journey, yes. and I've been seeing these beautiful pictures that you've taken with her. And and I mean, you can, you know, this is something that you can, her life cherish, um, yeah. you know. But like go like towards so you knew always that um you were always a high risk so there was a little bit of like maybe a little bit i would think fear inside hoping and praying all, as well all the other ones went like they're high risk but all of them went smoothly like they're high risk but um so i don't i don't know how to explain it it's just like i never so knowing me um uh, i'm i'm a really positive person like I see half a glass half full all the time annoyingly so, <laughs> annoyingly so. not so much for husband but <laughs> but yeah, uh, all husbands think like that but that's okay <laughs> we so, love you that's what matters <laughs> exactly. so it I never really think that something like this would happen to us or I always find the positivity out of everything, every situation. So it, it, it was, it was some, uh, let's just say I was shaken by, by the experience because I didn't expect it. I um, like the feelings that you go through, it's unreal. I thought I, I, I would, I, 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 can't, I, can, I can't even say I can imagine because I can't, because I, no matter how high risk the pregnancy is, you know, you're still hoping to bring that baby home, right? Exactly. You never ex like, even though a part of you is thinking it might not happen, but you're still, you're still trying so hard. Oh my God, that, that thought doesn't even come, honestly speaking. So, yeah. She gets classified in high risk because um, she dilates early, right? Other than that, Isla came out, our first daughter came out at 40 weeks. Our son was the smoothest pregnancy. 37, right. and a half. And they took them out early. Yeah. So um, that was a plan C section. Plan C section, 37 and a half, smooth. Myra was the one hiccup that we had. And then obviously Jenna. So um, yeah, yeah, it's high risk, but I, so, so it never crossed my mind. Like maybe with, with 
with Myra, I'm like, what are the odds this happens twice, right? Hers was, I chalked her up as an anomaly. And I'm like, it is what it is, but Allah has his reasons, right? Like, so we just got to figure out what that is. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so like, as we all know, right? Like we all have a purpose in life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And um, through our grief, through our successes, through our experiences, we have a responsibility that we have a purpose and I, so everybody's purpose is different. <laughs> and I mean, I think that by you being here right now um, and sharing this is giving so many parents that voice and, and, and showing them the support system that there is within, within family or even community, right? So Hassan, like, I, I, like as a father, because I know all the attention goes straight to the mom and it does. Right. Yep. It does. And, and a part of it is because she's held the baby inside of her. She's nourished her. She's right. the closest thing to the baby at that time. So, and, and the, everything physiologically, mentally, emotionally, the, the woman does go through, or the mother does go through right. her fair share. But like, I, I can, I, I know for a fact that you would have gone through a lot as well, because, and, yep. I, that, and that's what I need to hear. Like I, like I think people, especially fathers, mm-hmm. right? If you're like, what did you go through, and like, what were your emotions at that time? Right. So I, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a perspective, right? Like uh, I find uh, like most men, I'll internalize more than that. Abia shares a lot more than I would ever share. Uh, she shared more, wants to constantly talk about it with her friends, whereas with mine, I don't. Uh, we had our conversation. It was simple, straight, and then I want to talk about anything but, right? Uh, Abia wants to. Those 21 hours that Abia spent in that room with, with Jenna, I would have avoided that with my life. I regret it to this day. I wouldn't have done it. I would not have done it. I did that because she would not have done it if I didn't do it. So, because when I said I didn't want to do it, she said, well, you know, I, I, then I don't want to do it. And I'm like, I know I take that. So. I understand we have two different grief streams, right? Where yeah. we're separated. Um, her connection to Jenna was immediate. Um, mine is more once they're born, right? Like that's that connection. Yeah, and, and I think all, I, I mean, we've, mashallah, we have five. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone through four pregnancies, but I think it was the same thing with Ali. Like anytime during the pregnancy, I would talk to him about anything. And I could tell from his face and his energy that he's just, kind of going with the flow. Oh, I'm so excited. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah. But I think his connection came. It's instant. Once it's the instant. kid is born and the mother, it's right away. You feel, you feel the child move. You feel every connection. Your hormones are connected. Everything is connected, right? There's a reason for it, right? Uh, so whereas Abia felt all that, for me, it was different. It just was. Yeah. Um, and then where I can say that it, it crosses all cultures, most of the men in, in the grief counseling that we have gone through, it's, it's all internalized. It's, it's, it's the women that feel the constant need to, to talk, the men don't. We, we, we chime in, we're there to support, right? But like our, our grief process is different. It, it just is. Um, the other thing I've noticed is, and, I, and I'll go by cultures and that, I, I feel bad because at least we had religion to fall back on. They, a lot of people don't. They have anger. They don't feel that connection. They, they, they question everything. They had a lot more ha- anger. And I don't think that ever went through us. Like, I, I never felt anger. Uh, and, for me, and it's was funny. it because, well, it, I, I'm, I'm sure that has to do with your level of submission, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. Absolutely. This is, this, this, is a, this is a test, right, for us. Uh, there's got to be a meaning now. It's finding that meaning. Now, whether... Finding that meaning is, to me, finding that meaning is whatever appeases you, whatever puts you at ease is what I'm going to find that meaning in because it's going to be different for why I think. Yeah, and and I guess um, the biggest test in all of this, I find, like, um, is that obviously she came and she left, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But you both are still here. And, And to try to support each other and respect each other's grieving process Mm-hmm. is and and getting through that initial stage of it so and then kind of you know so being in sync 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's it that that might that probably is one of the hardest things, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't want to completely disconnect. Hundred percent, absolutely. And, and I think it's very important um, for anyone that might. Um, I, I wouldn't wish upon anyone uh, this experience, but if they are going through this experience, the one thing that I would definitely say is stay connected to your partner because that's very important, regardless of uh, uh, male or female, like husband and wife need to be in this together um, and understand each other's uh, way of grieving too, right? I mean, it, uh, husband's different, I'm different, but we support each other, or at least I think I support no, you. Do. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and that's important where you mean like you're constantly there and you're constantly communicating it's also she's giving me my space right where i didn't yeah. want to um, yeah like you can be in each other's face too much because it's like so it's it's just knowing the because you it's knowing the clues and the the cues that okay some space is required and exactly. if if one of or the other is not kind of immediately coming to my rescue you know or responding to me is because they you need to understand what I'm going through, he's going through as well. Right. And of course, it's both ways, right? Yeah. Right. So um, your family was, I, I, I guess, was instrumental in, in support, right? Um, we have um, two different perspectives on that, yeah. to be honest. We have okay. two very different, distinct perspectives. So, um, can, can I just touch on one point? Like sure. a lot of these things, like communication, it's the same as in a marriage, right? If you don't communicate, uh, no matter how awkward it is, and, and I'll give you a simple example, right? Abia, for her, going to the Kabrusan every day was important, right? Especially in the summer months. Now it, it's, it's tapered off. I went going through the motions for a long time. And then eventually I told Abia, I'm like, you know what? I feel worse when I go. And I don't want to. I feel like I'm being forced to go, right? So if I didn't communicate that, and then eventually she started going alone. And then I picked the days I wanted to go. So if I'm, I'm out, like it's, it's about a 40 minute drive from our house, whenever we're out west, I do drop by, right? Like, and it's on me. If, I, if I'm alone, I've gone there alone, right? But it's on my thing. So at least she understood that. But I'm like, at first I felt like it was being forced and she wanted it to be that family environment. And I get that because the kids enjoy going there. But then I didn't enjoy going with the kids. I'll be honest, like, cause then I feel like they're taking away my time that I would have had with Jenna because I'm focused on Maya running off my son being loud, uh, you know, things like that. Right. So you, it, you have it, to be a dad. Right. And then you can, and, and I, like, I, I, like, I kind of understand because, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, when, when Ali visits his mom, right. um, there are times I think he just want to go alone. He just, right. he just don't want to be a, he just don't, does not want anybody there. Right. And I think it's just because you want to have that one-on-one -on -one Right. Exactly. And, and, and again, it's everybody grieves differently. Right. Exactly. So, and everybody wants to connect differently. And, and it's so amazing that Alhamdulillah, you guys are able, you're understanding each other's, I would almost say grieving love language. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like you can understand each other. Uh, so you know what she needs and she knows what you need. Agreed. And of course there will be bumps on the way. Right? Always. Yeah. Um, always. But if you know at the end of the day that you both are going to end up at the same place, I yep. think that's that's key. That's key. And over time, you learn the triggers, right? I, I sorting <laughs> and getting that a lot triggers her, and it's different for me, right? Uh, yeah. Not a lot will trigger me, but like, what triggers me is her reaction sometimes, right? Like that that'll be mine, right? That are I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or you know, I didn't think of that. So. Yeah, there's a lot of those that I didn't think of how it connected and it did connect. And so it's, it's, it's live and learn type scenario. It's like having a child, right? Having your first. Yeah. Child. Yeah. You make so many mistakes. Um, you, you know, you do, you, you change so many routines. Um, mm -hmm. You change so many. So like if the baby's on a formula, you, it's not like instantly. You exactly. So, so many foods. So learn with stages. As you're going, yeah. how to uh, parent, a lost child, I guess, right? So it's it's gonna take time a little bit and time is uh, time is what you need, right? Yeah. So um, let, let, let's get back to family. So I'll, I'll give you my perspective, okay? Sure. So we, are, we already know, like it's, for me, it's important, like culturally, this is a very taboo subject. Now, whether it's because it's awkwardness, whether 
you know, I, I've seen a lot of women get blamed for a lot of these things for whatever odd reason, right? Uh, there's a lot of cultural intricacies there, right? So I'll tell you the perspective that I have is the people that were closest here experiencing with you, which was my family, have a completely different take than Abia's family. Completely different take. Mm -hmm. And that's because they're not here. Yeah. Right? And usually her parents would be here. COVID caused issues. They're now in Saskatoon. So, uh, you know, they, they're not here. So when you're observing this from a distance, they felt more along the lines of, okay, you know, you've grieved. Now you got to move on or you got to forget about this or you are sharing too much or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do You know that. how much I share. So. <laughs> right. So, and I can see that because they're not getting a holistic view of this, right? They're getting the isolated view of what a post is, of what her moment is when she's writing that, as opposed to her day to day. Yeah. Whereas, and, and it's not like she's feeling like that all day. Exactly. Um, but she might have like that half an hour moment of just, okay, I need to do this. I need to write. I need to, you yeah. know, because in a, in a 24 hour day, you have to make a little bit of time because you can go from, grieving the whole day and then it just reduces slowly so and and i guess it's again parents seeing their child right yeah yeah and that and that's a conversation so i'll tell you one of the things so then I, I i saw that they were they were sending her in a more depressive state right uh they went from calls multiple times a day to once a week once every two weeks now whether that's a conversation that they're they don't know what to talk about or they feel uncomfortable but it was like, you could see that distance growing, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas my family was more here, so they could drop by, they could do things within limits because we, we, we fell into that red zone, so we can do that. But I mean, when they were, when you were in the in normal COVID zones, they would, they would drop by, right? Um, and then her siblings, same thing, right? Different conversations. Uh, you got to move on. You got. You can't be depressed all the time. It was more instructional. Uh, we don't. First thing was you don't share this kind of information. That was the first, first thing, right? We don't. We we don't. We don't do that. And that was a, that was something I wasn't expecting from my family because I didn't think that they would think that way. Um, and uh, they're pretty liberal, they're, right? They're, in they're thought, they're 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 not very conservative in thought. So I would. It shocked me too, to be honest. Yeah. So it it. it it definitely brought me to that I couldn't speak to my siblings or my, my parents about Jenna openly anymore. And I still don't actually. Um, I try to avoid the subject because it, it hurts them or it, uh, it actually um, makes the conversation awkward. Awkward. Very awkward. So I think, again, right, like um, it, it has to do with culture. And I think it's also the fact that, you know, don't be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Don't show that side of you. You're strong. Yeah. You need to move on. You have three other children. You think about them, you know, and, and I think that's what it is. And, and, and they mean well. There's love there too. Yeah. And, and I think that like if, I don't know, if one of my kids is going through something, I'm like, okay, come on, get it over with. Finish, right? Get up. Move on. Okay, you yeah. fell, you scraped, we cleaned it. Yeah. Move yeah. on. And I think that's what it that's what the mindset is a little bit right to be tough and and you know just yeah and and i guess because it's not something that they've experienced it as well right so they feel they want to protect you they want you to not suffer or not hurt and this is the way they present their support system so you're absolutely you know, right you, you touched on it that's exactly it so i i had a quasi intervention with that right and I said, listen, if you wanted a glimpse, and, and I'm very open with my father-in-law, right? I actually get along with him better than my dad, to be honest, because he's a lot more. <laughs> Are you sure you want to be, it may have that on record? <laughs> yeah, that, that's all right. My dad can hear it. It's, he probably knows already. His job's to be strict. My, my father-in-law's not, right? So, uh, so I had an open conversation with him, right? And I told him, listen, I go, I go for every reason that you want to protect her, you're giving her more reason to fall into depression. If she doesn't feel that she can talk to you or she has support, I go, then you're putting her in the state you don't want her to be in, right? And then what I told him was, if you wanted a glimpse of what it was, of what it truly was, you could have just called me. You could have just called me. I could have given you that glimpse, right? And he told me two things. So 
you touched upon it first. He goes, well, I see my daughter suffering. So that's why I did it. I go, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Never said it was coming from a bad intent or a bad place. That's absolutely not what I thought. It's just the way you're going about it is the old way. And then you're not, you're, you're not open to change. Like the, the, our world has changed. The world has gotten smaller. Uh, we share more on social media. Like the, this isn't a generation that understands that, right? If you couldn't even talk to it face to face, imagine if you're just blasting it out on social media. Yeah. That's not something I would do. That's something that she does, <laughs> yeah. which is fine. Right? And, it's her way, it's and, her therapy. And I guess for Abiha, like what I'm sensing is more like, okay, I lost my child and I now I'm losing my family because I can't even talk to them. Right. Okay. And they don't understand me. They don't get me. And so, you know, it's, it's hard. And but I think that it's hard for your parents too, right? A, they're sitting right. so far away. And, and, and I know you know that, right? And yeah. we all know our parents love us no matter what. Like, a, I mean, there's no question about that. But I think everybody's um, uh, coping mechanism is different. Exactly. Right? They're unique. And, 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 and literally, that's what it is. And, and you know what? We've, our generation, I find, has uh, been that extremely progressive towards many in and many different ways we've lost a lot of values mm -hmm. while progressing a hundred percent I say that all the time but I think that uh, the mindsets have changed a lot right right so so um, like everything uh, grieving has changed um, you know submission to a life change and I'm not saying that they're not religious but I think it's just the mindset, right? So, so from the community, like um, when you were going through, you have family supporting you and everything. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of resources were there for you from within the community? Or, were there, or what was there not, right? I'll tell you community-wise, in terms of helping us with uh, Jenna's burial and that, like Kashif, who's our president at our Imam, I, I gotta tell you, like, I, I can't thank him enough i'll tell you i'll tell you why right so we were struggling with like that day that we had jenna then we knew we had to do the burial and we had to do it quickly right abia's biggest fear was she didn't want to give jenna over to the morgue didn't want it right um Kashif got everything arranged and now mind you like these are weekdays right like i mean he's working right like like everyone else he's got a family three young kids uh, i think two or three young kids right and he's working took his time out of the day. I, we got him, we got to hand Jenna when our time was up directly to him. They took her to the Mambara, did the ghusl, got everything ready and we met them at the, at the Kapustan. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't think that could have gone any smoother. And for Rabia, that was the best thing ever, right? She thought she was gonna miss the funeral. She have, so this, this is actually the funny part, right? So she's gone through three C-sections before, so she knew what the doctors would look for to be able to release her. She literally got out the next day, right? Like, so she had the operation, uh, got out the next morning, and got to, to, to hit the funeral, which she didn't think she was going to get to do. So I think in that type of community support, it was fantastic. Um, I, I'll let you talk about the, the lady that actually did the... Yeah, no. Uh, like the way she texted you. Yeah, like, no, so they, they were very, very um, good to me because the, the lady that helped out with the ghusl and everything, she reached out to me and she was, she was, that was very sweet of her to say that she's in my arms right now, so don't worry. Um, and it's, it just puts you at ease, right? Like that, that I gave my baby and now I don't know what's happening, but, but I got that text. It, it felt, it made me feel really good. Um, or not good in the sense that it, it put me at ease that, okay, yes, it's, she's secured. And then I, I was able to go see her at the funeral. So, which, which also, um, was a huge plus because again, I wasn't expecting to be out of the hospital within 24 hours, um, to be honest, but I got out like within 21 hours. Um, and, uh, I was released and I was able to attend the funeral and be there before they um, buried her. And uh, so that was that was something I really appreciated. As far as community is concerned, oh my God, the the blessings I should, I it's hard to even count because there's so many. Um, so many were, people reached out. They were so nice. Everybody reached out. And 
And one thing I have to say, and this is because uh, they reached out because I actually let people know. Yeah. And, and honestly, if I didn't let someone know or let my community know, they wouldn't have come out and they, they mean well, everybody means well. Um, and the fact that they were calling me constantly, attending to me, it made my grieving process a lot easier than, than what it would have been. I would have been isolated alone in that room um, with Jenna. I was actually on the calls constantly while I was with Jenna um, from different people. And I was attending those calls and I took that upon myself to attend those calls because it was, it made it easier for me to talk um, about Jenna and, uh, and it was a grieving process, right? And the process helped me get out of that isolation of like, oh, I'm, I just lost my baby. I mean, some people take a little bit of time and then, you know, after the burial and everything, but I think what also happens is it's like they wait to get a clue, you know, they don't want to overstep. Yeah. So I, I think there are so many people around us who are so compassionate and they're so helpful and they want to be there. It's not, they feel they have to be there. Um, and I think the only thing that kind of, and, and, and that's where the void is that they don't know if they're overstepping and then Absolutely. the grieving parents don't know how to tell them to. So it's that keeping those communications and, and for everybody is different again, right? So some grieve um, in, in kind of a little bit of an isolation. They feel like they need to process it on their own in some Absolutely. way. People around and that was, it's yeah. That was more Hassan because he wanted to process I didn't, it. I didn't take any calls. I didn't want to take any calls. I wanted space. And yeah, it's different, right? And like you said, it, it's, not, it's not even along gender lines. It, it's literally along people and how you process things. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you, you hit it right yeah. on the nose. Like that's I exactly needed to it. make sure that I process and flow all the resources. She took through. every single call. And then some, some of the calls, I got to tell you, and especially like, where the gap is between, I'd say, the auntie and uncles and us, like, um, <laughs> in terms of what's acceptable conversation. <laughs> like, we had some... We had some interesting comments. We had some interesting comments, right? And, and, and that's where I think... And here's the, here's the thing, right? And, and I think it's for us to bridge those gaps of where it's okay yeah. to say things, right? And, and that, whereas other people took it so offensive, I'm like, no, I'm like, you got to remember where they're coming from yeah. and, 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 and what they're trying to say, right? Exactly. And, and what their generation went with. And, and it's the intention, right? That's what, that's what we're taught from, from the beginning. Every, it's the intention. And if you, it's just people just, you know, they just don't know how to. And, but you, you should always focus on the intention. And if, it's, if you know it's coming from a good place, then you're able to, you're, you're more forgiving and more um, accepting. Correct. And, and, and I, I think that's that, those are the, like, those are those, those boundaries that we got to break, right? Like, because they grew up with a certain culture. Yeah. And things that they say reflect that, right? And it's the same thing for us. I, how many people... Like we, when we first started this conversation, how many people that came out that this happened to, I had no clue. There's people that I meet on a regular, whether we're watching a sporting event or something, I had no idea they went through the same thing. Because yeah. for them, they kept it just to themselves. They did the burial and that was it. And it was done, right? So everyone has their process that's different. Everyone has their thing that where their comfort level is different. I didn't know how I was gonna tell my neighbors. I mean, we took walks all summer. All of them know our kids uh, to the point where like, you know, they're like, oh, the fourth is coming, the fourth is coming. And I'm like, what, what the hell do you tell them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think these communication lines, like this needs to be open. I had no idea this many people went through it. And whether you want to share or not, that's up to you. Yeah. But I think there should be a platform more available for this. Yeah. Like uh, and, Roger- and I think that There are a lot of platforms available for moms and for for husband like uh, moms and dads together yeah. but maybe like how did you feel about the support system or support groups for just dads like there isn't. yeah there isn't I, I i found like every research i did in terms of like finding uh groups uh the men have like next to nothing right like yeah. in terms of documentation and anything else is until you let the mommy's group even the other couples group i mean I mean, when we, when we actually done, accepted, um, so 
so we're the type of people or I'm the type of person that accept every and any and every resource that's available because I need to make sure that I don't go into postpartum or um, because that's going to affect my family. I'm, I'm. Yeah. I'm, so you're being like super proactive, right? Exactly. You're exactly. being a warrior mom. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. yeah in 100%. a way. So we did accept um, uh, therapy uh, sessions mm -hmm. and uh, that is offered through the hospital. So if, uh, if anything, um, if someone is going through this process, reach out to your hospital or your um, caregiver and then um, ask for it. Um, so they offered us an eight-week program mm -hmm. with couple therapy and uh, individual as well. Um, and uh, we went through those, that process and uh, it, was, it was quite helpful because there, there were topics that we weren't ready to talk about or we wouldn't even think about talking about it. But in the back, we were thinking of. So um, it's, it's a good point to start a discussion within the two of you. So um, I have a question there. So do you think that going, taking that or resource um, and going for those therapies, did you, did you, do you both think that it helped you both understand each other's grieving process as well? Did, or? Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so essentially by going to, uh, for therapy together and individually, mm -hmm. it kind of kept your marriage together, right? Oh, I, I, 100%. I'll tell you right off the bat, it set the lines, right? Like, yeah. uh, like it, had I had that before, had I known that, like, I mean, everything happened in slow motion, but so fast at the same yeah. time, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't have gone in that room. I wouldn't have gone in that room. I think that set me back for me, right? And I, I think if I had done that at the time without going through it and her understanding that there are two different grieving processes for both of us, I think she would have resented it. So it's just hearing those words from other people of saying, no, your path is yours. You feel you have nothing to feel guilty about. If you mm -hmm. feel like doing this, you do it. Right. And then you have that safe environment to be able to share. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think a lot yeah. of times, um, and I mean, I've, I've seen this and I'm, I don't know if you've seen this as well, but I've, I've noticed that when, when, when a child passes, there is a, a slight level of disconnection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, between between you both, like between the husband and the wife, of course, or the mother and the father, like they're they they disconnect on both those levels a little bit, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, because and and I think that this is why the support system, uh, whether it's from your family or uh, whether it is from support groups around you, and and everything and anything that you can take, and and Abia, like I think you did the right thing. You were not going to take a single, a, not even a 1% chance of going down that spiral because you no. knew that if you did, it would affect you as a family unit because it's not only you who's going through this, it's you going through this, it's Hassan going through this, it's you both going through this as, as uh, husband and wife and as parents to the children and thereby the children will go through this, right? 100%. And, and children feel the energy. Like you can put on whatever face you want to put on, but the energy, right? Like that. 100%. And then they have their own grieving little process too. Like what I didn't realize is just how much they were affected by it, right? Because they had expectations, right? So they had thoughts, uh, 12, 10. I mean, they're old enough to process information, right? Myra may be a little less, but even she had it because <laughs> she had expectations, right? Like she was going to be a big sister. So there were things that you had to walk people through. Uh, they had a few therapy sessions themselves, right, to be able to share. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, if I could say one thing that I think was missing, and honest to God, it, it, it's within our own, it's within our own community, right? For me, is I would have loved to have that kind of open platform to share within our open community. I'll give you the reasons why. Like I said, the other couples that were there, as nice as they were, none of them were really religious none of them like uh, angry um none of them saw a different purpose uh, other than this was vengeful i couldn't connect to that yeah, at all relate. i could connect to the other feelings they had where the the man wanted the distance because they did the same thing i did i went to go see friends i didn't talk about it i talked to my like hasnan i talked to like these people and our talks would be first five minutes i went through it you okay yeah i'm good and then that's it. We don't talk about it. We talk about other things. Whereas Abia's conversations would be hours long, but specifically about this. And she would, she would 
almost not like it when they wouldn't talk about it, right? When they would avoid the conversation. So I would have loved it because I would have loved that that religious aspect to be brought into that. And we, we, we understand a lot of the things we try to normalize it, but I would have loved to have talked about things like this. Yeah. Like, talked I mean, about these and stuff. The, just hearing somebody that, um, you know, having the same uh, spiritual perspective or religious right. perspective. Right. I think that, that does, and because that's what we fall back on, right? Right. right. That, is, that, is our, that is our main support system, right? Right. And, and I can, like, by the way I'm talking to you and this feeling that I'm getting is, I think that what, what has helped you guys through a lot is the submission. It's oh, the number course. one thing. I don't think I would have gotten through this, or else tell me this, how do you justify it? How does it make any sense? Yeah. You tell me how it makes sense. How do you lose a child where it makes sense if there is no submission to God, if there is no higher purpose? There has to be a purpose. There's something that we need to realign. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like I said, it's, it's what makes sense to you. So was it that we weren't paying enough attention? We're, we're working too much. Because it, it's happened during the pandemic, right? I've had my kids come up to me and go, hey, listen, you told me an hour ago you were done, right? Or you told me this, right? But you're like, just one more thing because your desk is always there and you're just constantly there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I wasn't paying attention enough. So maybe it's realignment to that. Maybe there's another thing. I, it could be a million different things. It it's whatever makes sense to you, right? And I guess it could also be the fact that you will, you realize the, the, the part that's missing, right? Right. And you might be like, you're maybe you're strong enough that you've gone through this, but some people might not be. And just by providing that support system to them, um, yeah. I think that will help save a lot of families too, right? Absolutely. Agree. Because what ends up happening is just because you don't find that little bit of a support system, mm -hmm. things start snowballing. And oh, then exactly. all you know is everything has you know, like it's just all over the place. You're a hundred percent right. And then families get affected by this. And so if you hold another dad's hand, right. And even if it's like, Hey man, let's go and play golf. That's our grieving right. process. Right? right. doesn't have to be in a room, in a circle chairs, everybody's sitting and talking about their feelings, but just knowing, okay, he like, it's just, if you want it's there, right. If you want to talk, it's there. Absolutely. You have the support. What, what you, what you said is right. Like, I find, so if we gave them a platform for people to be able to share, and then you, 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 whether you want to talk about it through religious angles or they understand the way you were brought up, right? They understand that there are certain things you say, certain things you don't. If you heard the way people, some people, their triggers and the way they would react to like their so parents and that, we would never very, do it, right? Something very small um, that, uh, that I couldn't relate to was um, they, they would see a, a baby, uh, someone mm -hmm. having a baby or someone um, just having a baby and they're sending their newborn pictures, they would get a trigger out of that. To me, I would be like, oh my God, this is so cute. I love it. And and I was so happy to see it. And I wanted to see Speaking it. Speaking culture, you had that same thing. Exactly. Some people were afraid to, to share their news with us, right? Like they had a baby. Yeah. But there's one that had, I think so one of Babia's I, I really appreciate one person that had a baby um, right the day after Jenna actually and um, she was willing to share her milestones with uh, with me and I really appreciate that because you know that fear of like oh how will she see it and if she even wants to see it right that's also there um, so it's it's one of those things like I really appreciate that she did that and uh, just continuing to do that as I love it and I didn't feel any envy or jealousy out of that i just felt i just felt connected yeah. that oh my god this would be my jenna just like that yeah yeah and 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 i think um that's why we have like a little bit of a head start to the to the process yeah. right because Absolutely. we and 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 that's what it is and 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 i think that your purpose could just be not to just completely submit yourself just to this, but of course, by, by being a husband, wife together and parents together and raising these beautiful kids, healthy, beautiful children that, you know, God has given you to raise anyways. If you do a little something for the people who are out there, then I guess Jenna's purpose is served. You're right. Yeah. We, we looked at it through a lot of different angles, right? So the communication, like I was telling you, like, if you don't get that counseling and so I'll tell you where a lot of friction, right? And you hit it right away. There's friction right out the front, right? 
if you if someone didn't normalize that for us that hey you don't have to feel guilty for not wanting to do this or you didn't want to i wouldn't understand her and she wouldn't understand me and then that that snowballs right oh my god because that 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 feeling is you're you're trying to get i was trying to get space she's trying to give me no space right like that's innately that's the way it goes and that's, that's what, in our house all the time <laughs> yeah exactly no but that's exactly it right but and, and and that's what it is and then that just snowballs right and then it's just because you're going through but the minute someone said hey this is normal this is what normally happens you would process it this way and she would process it that way and neither of you need to feel guilty about doing it to the other oh my god it just like the the pressure just felt off right yeah you, like, like the load is off oh my god I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't, exactly. need, I, I don't need to pretend for the world, for my wife, for exactly. my children. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I think that that was the number one key that like that being in the first few days, it just hit it right it, away. It, it just, it set the tone for but, the rest of the But day. one thing I think the first call we got, <laughs> the first call we got from the therapist was uh, write down your expectations and share yeah. it. And that was very helpful because um, the therapist said that, okay, once you write it down, not everything will be completed, but the expectations are listed. And whenever the other person's ready to fulfill it, they'll, you just check, tick it off. And if they're not ready, then if that's If they're fine. not ready, they're not ready, but at least they know what you expect. Yeah. So I think that's number that was one. Very, that was very useful. And number two is, uh, I, I swear, I, I need to fix something in the community. <laughs> like, I need to get people to start talking about it. Maybe yeah. not guys, but at least, at least I, 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 find, I think they go through something I find something more. Uh, we should be able to talk about it because it, it is your child, right? And, uh, I mean, you would talk about any child. Even even when we're having a, I don't know, get-together or something. Like, you, you should be able to talk about your child regardless of how long they lived. Yeah, it's to me. It's just for people to be able to feel comfortable, as comfortable to, to share their information. And, and what surprised me was the aunties that had the same. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many people that went that through this experience that have never spoken process. about it. I'm like, I can't believe this. And because I shared, they were able to share with me and actually openly share. Like I had so many aunties crying so loud, like in front of me, because they missed their their baby. So it's, it, it was, it was eye-opening for sure. And, um, and again, it's not like it's, you know, you got to hold your baby. There are, there are, there are parents who are parents. Lost, um, at times where there's not, there is really nothing to hold and they still grieve and, and they may not even have another baby that they can, yeah. um, have to hold. Right. And yeah. so, so it's, it is hard. It is. It is one of the hardest um, tests, right? Oh, 100%. So I, I can't imagine. And that's, that's where we felt, you know, like where you feel some gratitude, like where I feel gratitude some is there's parents that have lost grown children, right? Like how many memories, yes. how many things do you have attached to that? And like, I think that would destroy me. Maybe that's what God was saving me from something, right? Like I, I can't imagine. Like I've seen smiles off my hoopos faces, uh, her khala, like her, like they, they've lost grown children, right? So I, I don't know what that, you know, I, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I'm attaching, maybe part of me not wanting to go into that room is because I, I, I don't have memories of it, right? Now I do have something ingrained in my head, right? I felt what her skin felt like. I felt what she felt like. So I didn't want that. So when I look at it, maybe for the other parents, I'm like, I can't imagine what that goes through. And I, and a lot of them don't talk about it. And like, I don't talk about my cousin that much. My, my, my people them hardly bring her up unless it's like, you know, but I'm like, they must want to, right? They, of course. you know, the memories. So I feel that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the shift was to, for me at least, um, I no longer practice gratitude. I live in gratitude. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. Every moment. Every moment. Every moment. Every breath. Right, it it really gives you perspective on gratitude. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I can say I can say gratitude all I want, but like you said, living it every single moment and every single breath with yeah. you know is 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 our point of connection, right? 100%. We're always looking for the next thing. 
we never stop the like and 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 some people do it better than others right i guess when you're reading them out like that's the whole purpose is to slow something down right and for you to to be thankful for things so some people do it better than others but i'm like you're so caught up in the routine and like you know of just day to day and then trying to give your kids the best of of everything you didn't have and then like you know you just keep going through that you don't stop to think oh my god thank you for the food thank you for me having a job thank you for having a roof over your head you're us always looking for the next thing yeah and you can say thank you all you want but you know when it comes from here yeah you're right it has a different like sometimes you don't even need to say the words from your like you literally don't have to say it but that one breath that you take that just sends out this whole energy of gratitude reaches far and beyond. I, that's for me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like for me, praying was like such a tick mark. Yeah. And even now part of it is, right? But I feel like, like imagine how, how our days are broken up is take time. Take, yeah. just take that time and just regroup and center yourself and ground yourself again, right? Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. <sighs> so many lessons to be learned yeah but this was this was so good thank you so much i like i am sure that this is going to help a lot of people and yeah. and i think that you've opened up Hassan, you i guess you know by talking you've maybe probably opened doors for people to come and talk to you and and you know kind of lean on you because they can see how brave you're being and for you, Abiha, too, like, you know, everything that you both have shared right now is, you know, it's, it's remarkable. And, right. and it is a true testament of your, your submission and um, having that knowledge of intention mm-hmm. um, and understanding that. And, and I think that is remarkable. So we'll just take a short moment of silence for Jenna. Sure. sure. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to share this with everyone and thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I think this is really good. The more this gets out there, the better. It is. Yeah. So be prepared. You might get some messages. I I will definitely share your beautiful blog about Jenna. Um, And I'm sure that that will help a lot of people as well. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Thank Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Zara. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Talk with Mama Kwaja podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so love it if you could take a moment to screenshot the episode and share on your Instagram stories. Do throw me a tag at mama.kwaja so I can see it as well. We'll see you next time with another episode of Real Talk with Mama Kwaja. Thank you.